0: I am unashamed. What about you? Well, here's a, uh, a an update. Teal report? A teal report. We are now in the duck season. We are going daily with our eyes to the skies, looking for the elusive blue-winged teal who are the first to migrate all the way down to the Yucatan from the Canadian prairies to across the Gulf of Mexico and into the Yucatan Peninsula is where most of them winter. Some stop in South Louisiana. We're trying to catch them as they are going on that migratory route. We're trying to catch them in the northern part of Louisiana. They're in the last, pretty well the last stretch of this long flight think about it canadian prairies all the way to the yucatan which takes
1: them about 30 minutes probably yeah well they fly
0: <laughs> so they are like choo, coming through <laughs> the air they've been clocked at over 70 miles an hour a blue-winged teal his flavor is not the best of all the ducks that you could kill for well, eating si confirmed
1: that a teal flies 70 miles an hour in his famous story he yeah. said he was riding on the highway and he looked out there was a teal <laughs> so he would speed up yeah cuz he was trying to gauge it, it, how fast yeah. they could they could well, fly. So luckily it was flying right along the same
0: level. That's what the, he said. Size given is given to tall tails. <laughs> but the bottom line is the teal at uh for you boys at duck hunt uh, it is spotty at best. And We've girls. seen years like that before. It's been a uh, high a dome of high pressure has settled over the lower mid part of the United States and south of there where we are. It's just a dome of high pressure. 95 in the daytime, 96 at night, 70s, and then so. Global there's, warming, there's, Yeah, there's no fronts. There's no little disturbances. And you say the teal, when we, you catch a little little front coming, early front in September, oh, they, they move on those fronts. We haven't had any fronts. It's just sitting here. No. It's hot. It's dry. It's still. And we just sit there. Mosquitoes are attacking us by the millions. Hopefully, we won't catch the diseases that they offer.
1: But if you do, the resurrection.
0: The resurrection. There's cotton cottonmouths that are actively in and around the blind. Coon dung is inside your duck blind. I'm sure there's microbes there. Evidently, we've developed an immunity to coon dung because you get up in the duck blind, and you just clean the coon dung out of the way when you sit down there because they like to get up in your blind and uh, have a few crawfish or an old dead fish. There was one of the, a dead fish under the blind <laughs> yesterday. But, uh, no, no, that fish,
1: You know, we uh, Jay and I were sitting on there in the blind. Jay said, man, something stinks because you're getting around and you're crawling around before and, daylight. And you're in the second week of season.
2: So the yeah. smell could be emanating from within the duck blind. Well, yeah. You're not sure. That's true. Because Phil
1: said the coon dung, but a lot of that dung is your dog. Your dog is getting up there every that, morning and relieving right. himself on the remember, blind or around it. An just individual, you
0: know. Remember, an individual who has spent as much time in the woods and on the water as I have, I have developed the uh, expertise to it, be in a place where there's, Dead things like dead fish, coon dung, but I've developed the uh, ability to not let that phase me at all. Otherwise, I'm not smelling it. I mean, well, it, it has something to do with you being well, 73 well, years old, no, and losing
2: I, your sense of smell. I think, so, I think so. I think the <laughs>
0: reason the Almighty tones down your senses the older you get cause, because it's bothering the young bucks, but it's not bothering the old graybeards. Well, I think it's because it's your dog, and so you're like,
1: in denial and so you're you know it's like when you personally poop it doesn't seem to stink i've trained my dog come In
0: after someone else has destroyed your bathroom i, I trained my dog not to take a dump inside the argo or the four-wheeler do not take a dump there Someone just had you train him to not do that i told him no when he's hunkered down back there and here comes the dung the dog dung inside the vehicle you're riding in uh, you tell them no, and then you take their head and shove their face into what they just did. And they you do that make the connection. You Basically do it a couple the of times. You trained us. Say all right, you're going to put yeah. dung. <laughs> yeah, you're going to put dung in the four wheeler. Well, here's here's what I got for you. Down in that dung, his nose goes. And for some reason, another, they say they, they I'm not going to do wrapping. that. I'm not going to do that that's again. Funny. Well, that's good. It'll work. We smelled
1: that. Fi- well, we didn't know what it was. And then when I was crawling out of the blind, I looked, and it was a large fish. And I realized that a coon had caught the fish, or a mink, then brought it up to our blind because he needed a place to enjoy his, his meal, which out of the water blind's perfect. But then he, I guess, got distracted because he had eaten a little bit. And then left it, well, you know, a couple of days, it's 100 degrees here. i tell you what's funny. When I brought up that global warming, I spoke in, uh, where was that, Lef- Lufkin? I can't even remember. This past weekend, and I said, one of my lines I said is I said, I believe in global warming. And so everybody, because it's a conservative crowd, they don't like, because they think, oh, I didn't think we were supposed to be for that. Yeah. And so then I say Second Peter 3. Well, most people are not they don't realize second Peter 3, you know, where it talks about the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. The elements the, will melt in, in, the the heat. Heat. in the heat. Yeah. And so <laughs> I said I just believe it'll happen at a later time. And at a and at a, an extreme level. And I said here'll be the sign that you'll know cuz they're still not getting what I'm talking about. I said when you hear this sound <laughs> That'll be the sign, yeah. <laughs> and hopefully you'll be prepared because at the si- same time Jesus will be coming back. So we're just
2: um, we're still kind of going through um, hurricane season. Uh, we've just had some hurricanes. I noticed something, Dad. Whenever you see one of these natural disasters that is looming or is you know right there at your door, for us it's hurricanes or f- fires. We've had a lot of stuff in the U S. So your first impulse, what are we going to do? We're going to run to the grocery store because we got to get, make sure we got plenty of water. We got to make sure we're packed up for food. We may lose our power for a while. Well, what happens when you walk into the store and I saw this on the news down in Florida and some of these coastal cities and you go in there and you look and the shelves
1: are empty. Well, it happens around here, you know, any kind of the last time there was a, it, it snowed. It was like people were in line getting gas. You go in there. There's people no water. Nuts. They went nuts. When snow and, started falling and, and in Louisiana. we snowing in Louisiana. are
2: never going to see the light
1: of day again. That's is all it, of it. Food, it, you know, if we'd have had over. this, I well, we wouldn't even have had to worry about it.
2: So what is the answer to this? What, what we say and, and what our good friends here at Patriot Pantry say is we want to prepare. Now, I don't know if you guys knew this, but it's National Preparedness Month. No, oh, I missed that memo on that. So it's National Preparedness Month. So we're going to build our food storage supply. We're going to do it with My Patriot Supply right here, Patriot Pantry. we got four-week food supply. Dad's got some of the delicious offerings. What do you got there, Dad? Up
0: to 25 years. 25 years. Shelf life. Just think about lasts. having this on standby. That that. That could bring you through.
2: Because, you know, especially out here where you are,
0: Desk, it's not easy to get to the grocery store anyway. Plus, look at the menu, cheesy broccoli and rice soup. There you, well, go. you know, you're like, well, <coughs> well if you, you know, if you were just living off the wild without this, but if you had this in there to kind of as sides to go with your meal or – Let's yeah. face it. We've we kill had, you a squirrel or two, a few ducks, whatever you. We've can been eat. in the
2: duck line just eating straight duck, you know, on the grill, and it's sure. delicious and all that. But it'd be nice to have a little bit of this, on right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, guaranteed two day delivery. You can act now, save a hundred bucks on a four week emergency food kit. That's what you're looking at here. So you got to go to prepare preparewithphil, uh, as Dad says, these last up to twenty five years. Um, keep you healthy. You never know what might happen. Save a hundred bucks. Prepare with Phil dot com. Be ready today.
0: Yeah, but there's a couple of things that play there. It's Second Peter three. If you read it carefully, the last last bit of that chapter there, you say, "Oh, it's more than I, I believe in more than global warming." I'm talking about I believe in global heating. I said it is in the future, (laughs) and you need to relax about when it's going to happen because they've got it down, the left-wingers, to 11 years, and we're out. We're gone. One decade, give or take a little, and we're out of here. But the Bible says no one knows when that day will come, the global heating day. But, you know, the elements and the the cosmos will disappear with a roar. But then it says some great news. But – we long, therefore, we long for a new heavens and a new earth, reworked. The home of righteousness, meaning, we will be there forevermore. Well, let's face
2: it; that's the difference in our approach. That's why lately we've had a now. The latest thing about climate change is you have children. You know, now it's the children out front, and they're oh no, it's a, the you know, there's the little girl from across the pond. We're, it's terrible. We're, you know, it's all, so it's, it's kind of this fear deal about, yeah. it's so yeah. imminent. How can you, as if we had somehow the power to, to, uh,
1: but when you don't, it. when you don't know the creator of the earth, you're always going to be fearful about what goes on right on the earth, because if it's just tied to the earth, well, what? Yeah, you need to be scared. That's right. You're imperishable, That's right. and this place By is the way, violent. There's hurricanes, there's oh. earthquakes, there's meteorites. By the way,
0: I just want to remind our listeners uh, of this right here. Uh, my little sister, the youngest of the Robertson clan, seven kids. Uh, she's number five. There's uh, not but three of us left, but she passed on to the other side last night. And everyone said, y'all don't seem to be like like uh, really wrong re- with grief. Yeah, grie- you, you don't seem to be grieving. Now, here's a very, you'll agree with this, Al, a very godly woman the entire time this woman was on the earth. She helped bring won't, won't, you to the Lord. She was instrumental. She, yes. she was the one that is the reason I'm here in Jesus. And here's what the text says, and I want all of you to remember out there, especially you people who have faith in God, and the ones of you who don't have your faith in God, remember, your physical death is what happened, my physical death, my sister's physical death, all human beings. Physical death is a problem that God has solved for us. Here's the text. Read 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. Here's what it says. Brothers... We do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep. She died last night. I'm told by the Apostle Paul, speaking on behalf of the Spirit of God, that we, do, we should not be ignorant about physical death. Or, it says, to grieve like the rest of men. Distraught, what's happened, I've lost her. We didn't lose my little sister. We didn't lose her. She just went on to be at home with God. Her soul and spirit are intact. She's alive, but her body has died, and she really uh, had a horrible uh, disease that led to that. So watch. You don't want to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or to grieve like the rest of men. Here's a key phrase, who have no hope because of the resurrection of Jesus We're sitting on this earth, the only hope we can hang on to, the only one, came through one person when Jesus became flesh 2,019 years ago. He dies on a cross for our sins. That problem solved. Three days later, he solved our physical death problem. So we don't want you to grieve about people when they fall asleep uh, or be ignorant. We believe, listen to this, that Jesus died and rose again, and that's exactly what I just got through explaining. Here's the good news again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. You say, well, if her body's down here on planet Earth, we're going to put her in the ground. But she is with God. And when Jesus returns. Well, he's bringing something. He's, how could he be? Yeah. Bring, how could he be? Uh, we'll bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in Him. You say, "Good night." She's still alive. Her spirit, her soul's alive. Yeah. Her body's in the cemetery, and Jesus is coming back one day, even to get that reclaimed that for. According to the Lord's own word, I'm in First Thessalonians four thirteen and following. We tell you that we who are still alive. What if you're alive when Jesus comes back? Who are left to the coming of the Lord will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. God's going to take care of them before he takes care of us if we're alive when he comes back. Say he comes back today in the next five minutes. But we all go together. You bet you. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven. Here's the good news. With a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet call of God. Are you all listening And the dead in Christ, which includes my little sister, will rise first. The bodies will start coming out of the cemeteries to meet their souls and spirits. Glorified bodies standing on the earth. My little sister will be one of them. And if Jesus doesn't come before I pass on to the other side, I will be in that group. The good news is, Whoever lives and believes in me, even if he dies, yet shall he live. Whoever believes in me will never die. The dead in Christ arise first. Here comes Jesus. After that, what if you have? What if you haven't physically died yet? We who are still alive and are left will be caught up with them, all together now, in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Immortality is ours. Mm. And it says then in verse 18, therefore, why would he write this? Encourage each other with these words. You know, that's what I'm we, so uh, encouraged, yeah. Al, that I'm not grieving my little sister. Yeah. I'm saying, Jan, you're on the other side. You, your trial is over. You're there. You're well, good, what, you're you know, good to go. You know what's
1: interesting is today, you know, we went duck hunting like we normally do, and a lot of times we goof off out there and laugh. But today, most of the conversation was about, Things like this. Sure I mean, was. You know, Si was there. Because I'm the one that told y'all this morning. I got your text yeah. last night. But since Phil and Si are, you know, out on any kind of technology, <laughs> you want to get you a message. You I got the say, word this morning. Hey, Jace. Phil. Yeah. So we talked about that. And uh, I truly saw, of course, we were all close to to her as well. I mean, you and I. Yep. But with, none of us were in that grief-stricken Uh, Moment, because we know this is what we live for. I mean, that process right there. Which, I mean, if you made a movie about what you just read, people would say, "Boy, those are some science fiction stunts." There, you know, if you Mm -hmm. had a graveyard just exploding, then people are just running and they're changed. They're being changed instantaneously, and just start flying around. Mm -hmm. It's a boy, but to us, that's that's
0: a fact. And for all the ones who say, "You mean to tell me?" That's the the genesis of what y'all believe, and that's why physical death is not something you're afraid of. That, yeah. That's exactly. So here's the question: Someone says, "Well, man, that's science fiction. That's nuts." Do you have a better story that <coughs> deals with your no, physical it, it's
1: demise? Just, it's just over, you know.
2: And so my my theory is: Forty years ago, there was a movie. I think it's about forty years ago. Named Poltergeist, uh, very popular. You know the whole deal was that this ghost is you know animated. Little girl gets sucked through the TV, blah blah blah. But at the end of it, these bodies that you know it all happened because they were they were built their house subdivision on top of this ancient burial ground. Yeah, and so then all of a sudden the bodies all start coming up out of the ground. So you know you think, man, well that's that's some imagination. Well, not really because. If it was all rooted in what you just read, yeah. which is thousands of year old text, then someone, Steven Spielberg or whoever it was, could conjure up the image of bodies coming out of the ground because they were animated by some force. Mm-hmm. See, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about life sure. force animating a body. By the
0: way, we've been discussing Abraham and, uh, before we got to Moses. Consider this, Galatians 3, verse 6. You read about these Old Testament characters like we're reading about. He believed God, Abraham did, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Understand then that those who believe are children of Abraham. Well, here we are. The scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. So all of these guys we're reading about, Noah, Abraham, Moses, you say, all of them were way back before, long before Jesus had become flesh. All nations will be blessed through you, so those who have faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. We're going to cover law this morning. All who rely on observing the law Al, are under a curse, for it is written, <coughs> cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of law. What a grand thing God did, gave the law to make sin utterly sinful. Right. No one ever kept it but the one who wrote it, Jesus, the Son of God. And you're like. But yeah, he also man. he
1: also came up with the law to bring out the best in you. I mean, you think about, I've thought about this, like even as, as parents, if you look at the law, because that's what we're going to talk about, the Ten Commandments and all this. You're not telling your kid, you know, you don't want them to grow up and and flourish just because you know you had the law. You're trying or certain laws. And what I mean by that is there's unwritten laws that we follow, like don't stick your finger in that socket. Well, the reason you've made that a rule or a law is because you're looking out for their best interest. Yep. It, but the problem comes in when you make laws and then you elevate the law over the individual. It yeah. it's. You know, I, I'm. I mean, you could think of any kind of analogy, but you don't come up. You don't set some law where you're so concerned about keeping the law that you know your daughter or son or whatever you drive them into rebellion because you put them. Well, up, perfect you know. illustration
2: would be why is the why is there a school zone speed limit that's, that's right. so much less than everywhere else? Why that, yeah. why do they want to force you to go 15 miles an hour through a school zone? You know, you're not keeping that law because it's like, oh, boy, this this law is really important that I go to 15. You're keeping the law because you don't want to run over a we kid. We don't want to
1: run over a kid. But having said that, let's say something happens at your house in the middle of the night, school's not open, and, you know, you break the speed limit because you're trying to get your wife to the emergency room. Well, we've we've now got another situation, and we've trumped that law. Because now I have – this person is valuable. That's right. And so I'm breaking that law. Y'all got pulled over one night, you know, for going 100 in the 55. And I didn't get a ticket because we were at a softball game and we had a collision. And the the second baseman went out and the center fielder came in and the center fielder dove for the ball. The second baseman's knee hit the center fielder's head in that collision and it literally caved in his head. I mean – we thought he was dead. They bring in a helicopter, airlift him. Everybody's, you know, tears in their eyes. I mean, it's like we're out there playing softball. Yeah, and so, it, you know, they sit, they call me. Somebody called me and they're like, they don't think he's going to live. And they had taken him to Shreveport. Well, I just, in a panic, I just took off. I wasn't worried about the speed limit. Now, granted, I shouldn't have been going 100. I needed to be pulled over. And that's what the cop said. I get it. We heard the call. We know it's your buddy. He knew who it was. But we ain't driving a hundred. I'll get out in front of you and get some sirens, and I'll escort you. Uh, Cause I, when my first response was, "Give me a ticket. I'll pay for it." I'm, I'm. You were young, but you were yeah, in I your twenties, you know? But I'm just making the point. <clears throat> yeah. And look, and and he he extended me mercy because we put the people over the law, and and they didn't give me a ticket. Now he did escort me, and he said, "Don't ever do that again." <laughs> So um burglary
2: is a problem.
1: Not and, as much here. Not right. as
2: much here, but in the US it's a problem. Yeah. Did you do you guys realize a burglary happens once every 23 seconds in the US? Yeah, so no, no. We just had a burger. And every 23 seconds, that's how often uh homes and cars are being um, broken into. 2 million burglaries are reported a year every year in the US. Eighty-three percent of burglars admitted that they specifically look to see if there's an alarm. Did you know that?
1: Well, they need to listen to our podcast. At,
2: at my house, <laughs> do not steal. At That's my right. house, I'll. I am the alarm. Well, exactly. So uh, I was thinking about with us. I don't know that I've
1: ever had my home broken into, but I, I have, do have an alarm system. I have the uh, on Christmas Eve. Really? Yeah. And look, here was the funny part. My door was actually unlocked, and they just the most the most expensive thing on the whole caper cuz back then i had nothing so they, <laughs> they they stole a bunch of stuff but it wasn't worth anything the most expense was fixing my door what well, all they had to do was just walk in
2: so what you needed jace was you needed simply safe our, our no. buddies at simply safe they protect every door every window 24 hour professional monitoring because they look for this they look for if you don't they don't see the sign that your house is monitoring. is there
0: a camera here looking
2: cameras are these there are cameras okay absolutely in, in our way,
1: society that's the best defense now if you get right. somebody on camera they're done It's <coughs> exactly as good right. as dna
2: so um they have the, simply safe has the best video verification technology just what you're saying because yeah. you got to have a clear look at these guys and yeah. if they see it then they're probably going to move on to the next house what's amazing is only one in five homes in america has a security system or has any kind of yeah. camera system so which is why there's so many burglaries and look we know why opioids. I mean, look at all the reasons why people break in and steal stuff oh, yeah. is to go and to, you know, do drugs or whatever.
0: Sure.
2: So it is a, it's a huge problem. Uh, the guys at simply safe are here to be able to help you. So they got a deal going on right now. You need to look into this, go to simply safe.com slash unashamed. We're about unashamed. So that's yeah. what it is. simplysave.com unashame slash unashamed. We get free shipping. It's a money back guarantee. Uh, Check them out. I guarantee you'll be safer, mainly just because they'll look at your house and move on. Uh, And, you know, then we hope your neighbors will get something too. So check it out, simply safe slash unashamed and protect your home and your valuables.
0: By the way, leading into the law of Moses being given, what shall we say then? We're, We're back on Abraham again. What shall we say that Abraham, our forefather, discovered in this matter, law of works or faith? If in fact Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about. Kept all the commands, never violated one of them. But not before God. What does the scripture say? This is a way better system, ladies and gentlemen. Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. When a man works, his wages are not credited to him as a gift, but as an obligation. However, Listen to this. This is one of the greatest reads in the Bible. I'm in Romans chapter 4, 1 and following. However, to the man who does not work but trusts God, who justifies the wicked, which we all are, his faith is credited as righteousness. David says the same thing when he speaks of the blessedness, another one of our fathers, of the man to whom God credits righteousness apart from works. Then he says this, blessed are they whose transgressions are forgiven because they believe God, whose sins are covered because they believe God. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will never count against him. You just are not going to... All who rely on observing the law, Al, are, in fact, under a curse. Well, Grace di- is a wonderful thing, boys. Yeah. What's difficult about what we're doing is
1: we're trying to go through the Bible, and most of the times when you're studying a book, you go from the beginning to the end. But in this case, this is actually a letter wrapped around in history, Right. and you have this that reveals the answer to basically all our problems right in the middle of the book. Yep. And his name is Jesus because he was the image of the invisible God. He was full. I think of that verse when you were reading that in John one, where it said the law came through Moses and then it says grace and truth came through Jesus. Yep. So if you started reading at the beginning of the book, you get to Exodus and you start reading about the 10 commandments and not just that, how many laws were there? Six hundred and sixty or whatever. Several. you have all these laws which which you can't it one you were right it shows that we're sinful but it was also intended for the the betterment of their society right you know it was like 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 I made that illustration with your kids but what we have to do is we immediately go to the New Testament because we're like well we're not under the law I mean you you just read all who rely on the law are under a curse if, yep. you, if James 210 says if you break one You're guilty of breaking all of it. Yep. And so it's kind of depressing, but you see so many churches in our society today. I'm not talking about the world. I mean, churches who take that law and the keeping of it and even rules that are not, they make, they make them into laws that are not even biblical in my opinion. And then all of a sudden they wonder why they're miserable and they miss the point, which was Jesus is full of grace and truth. So Actually, what we're doing here is we're <coughs> reading the Bible from where we go to the middle, which is where Jesus, and then you go back and then you go forward. But when we're in the Old Testament and Exodus, we're actually looking forward that's right. every episode, because if you just leave it that we're under the law, well, none of us are going to make it.
2: Plus, you're establishing context of what happened. And that's important because you think about where we are today. Look, look at the U.S., we're, we're not even quite 300 years from the beginning process. And and look now at, at what we're going through by the misunderstanding of the original framers. You are correct. Without understanding context of why things were said and done. You think about our Bill of Rights. You think about those First Amendments. The reason why those were so precious. But now you come along, we're not even 300 years. and like, Who cares about that? We're not not going to remember any of this. Well, then you get into the sort of behavior you're seeing. So you look at the Bible, and now that's times 10. Mm -hmm. You're talking about thousands of years of history. And so when Jesus comes along, just like you said, that he made a point in his whole ministry. He kept telling the people around him who were wanting to stress law and Moses, he kept saying, Abraham came first. Abraham came first. He kept looking at the idea of faith that that was established before law was established. So when we're studying Genesis and now Exodus, we're establishing historically exactly how it came about. And you're right. It all lines up perfectly. When Jason and I went to school to preach him, I would dare say, I mean, we learned a lot of stuff that we may or may not use, but one of the things that has stood the test of time is being able to see the whole picture Mm-hmm. of of going back is how it relates to what Jesus said and now even more important how it relates to us yep. which we're 2,000 years on this yep. side of Christ Well,
1: it's diff- mm. it's, what's difficult <clears throat> is if you say like this statement around religious people this would make people uncomfortable if you said we're no longer under the Ten Commandments well most religious people if they heard that statement they would what are you saying that's right the Ten Commandments that, I mean how dare you say such a thing that's what I live by Well, they don't, they're not realizing how when Jesus came, he redeemed us from having to be under that code where we had to keep, let's just say, the 10 commandments, but I'll give you another 10. They were a lot more just for fun, you know. And so, technically, I would be right in saying that, but those principles of the 10 commandments, well, they are true. They're good principles, like I said about the kids, because here you have God, who is ultimately our father, and we're his sons and daughters. The Ten Commandments, if we put those principles in every fabric of society, it would be a better-run society. No doubt. But he didn't elevate the commandments above the people. And, in fact, he he proved that by sending Jesus to redeem us from having to even keep all of it yep. through grace. And that's what it comes down to. He wanted you to be motivated by grace, forgiveness, his son on a cross, and to recognize not only did he have to rescue you on a cross, but what he had to rescue you from, which would be sin via the law. Right. And so then we're motivated, not because we have to do something, but because we're so awed and thankful by him doing that, being that great God. Well, we want to do what's right. That's right. Our, That's the difference.
0: thousands of years after the law was given, which we we'll look at today, uh, but in the book of Romans, just is the <laughs> apostle Paul in Romans 7. He says... Sin seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, deceive me, and through the commandment put me to death. So then, the law is holy. The Ten Commandments Al, are the greatest code of laws ever written. Right. The law is holy. Nothing wrong with the law. And the commandment is holy, righteous, and good. Well, did that which is good then become death to me? By no means. But in order that sin might be recognized as sin, it produced death in me through what was good, the law, the Ten Commandments, so that through the commandment, sin might become utterly sinful nothing wrong with the code but there's a lot wrong with us
1: well just think if you didn't have the code where's the verse that says the law was not for those who keep the law but for lawbreakers i mean if you didn't have some law paul to timothy first timothy in order can you imagine this society oh (laughs) if it was the strongest will survive
2: which was why there were two purposes that god had in putting forth the law one is Governance, that's what we're talking about. In other words, sure. it was a governance for his people. These these people that were at the foot of Mount Sinai would would one day become the nation of Israel, and this was kind of the first step towards that. They would conquer the Canaan, which we'll talk about later. So the, the first idea was governance. This is good. This is, These are things to govern people by, just like we have a Constitution, a Bill of Rights. Those are governance. But that was just one purpose. That was the immediate in the oh, well, in yeah. the time frame. I think which the greater
1: what? purpose was that God. You got to trust it.
0: God <clears throat> in in how to live your life. Just think about you it. Know? Think about it, Jace. If human beings worldwide, if you just set set if you just set the Ten Commandments before them, worship the God of creation and Him only. Uh, don't bow down to idols in the form of anything in heaven or on earth you know, sticks of wood with faces painted on them and all that. Uh, Don't misuse God's name. Uh, Work six days, rest one. Uh, Honor your father, children. Honor your father and mother. Uh, Don't murder. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't lie and don't covet. Just think about if the human race just took 10 laws and actually kept them.
1: Just oh, be think awesome.
0: Of, just think about what kind of world you would have. Yeah, and striving. If to if if children obey their father and mother, it's I'm starting in number five. Well, you'd
1: put the prisons out of business. oh <laughs> no murder. You aisle, wouldn't have to lock up. There's anything. no adultery.
0: There's no theft. There's no right. lying. There's no you. You're like, man, this would be a great place to live. It's just ten of them. But what's crazy is we kept two yeah. of them. Look, look
1: yeah. If you, if you quit stealing
0: what, and quit murdering each other, you say, you know, we, we'd be a lot better off if we kept Commandment number six and number eight or nine. Yeah. But here's oh. the confusion I
1: see because people, when we I have that discussion about the Ten Commandments, they're like, "Well, why did Jesus give you a new law?" You know, Jesus summed up all the laws because now we've moved forward. Now because we know how the story ends. He said, why don't you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? Well, it wasn't an an idea. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Well, the transition that he brought was that written code to the heart that understands God's grace and then just looks at people. And all these laws that were written down, they just go through that. Those two, it goes through that system. Well, if you love your neighbor, you wouldn't lie you wouldn't steal but it what why people You certainly wouldn't murder him. You wouldn't murder him. Well, why people can't see that is cuz it's the motivation now. Yes, right. You don't feel like you have to. You're now compelled cuz you understand that God is love. That God is mercy, he is grace, and then that becomes contagious on you. And then you you do the same thing not because it was written down and you you you're going to have consequences for it. You know? that you just actually think it's just like going back to driving through the school school zone if you really value kids lives you'll make it your ambition to pay attention then cuz most times we break those laws it's it's not that we're really thinking about the kids right, you know right. but if you make yourself do that and say you know what or even you know on the cell phone you know when you're driving around all of a sudden you've become so selfish and self-absorbed that you're not looking at humanity In a loving, helpful way, you're disregarding them. Is what you're doing. Once
0: you get rid of God, boys, once he's gone out of your mind, lawlessness is fixing to kick into high gear. Lawlessness, right? And then it's just a sexual, murderous, free-for-all. I mean, (laughs) which is why,
2: which is why Jesus, remember, he said in Matthew five, "I didn't come to abolish the law." I came to fulfill the law. That's right. Meaning oh, yeah. the principles are good.
0: He actually kept it. He
2: kept it. He said the principles are good, but at the same time, I came here to fulfill everything. So then he dies on the cross. What? What's the last words he says? It is finished. What does that mean? I came here and did what I came to do. I fulfilled the, I fulfilled law, the law. I redeemed the prophecy, sin. Everything.
1: I gave you hope from the ground. You know, eventually. Which I is, mean, and so everything came together. Any problem that you might incur. Right. He, he basically, which is why right he that. said
2: in Colossians 2, he nailed the law to the cross. Meaning, that's why the cross is so important, is because in that moment, that's everything. So, therefore, we can put ourselves into him, and then we we got two things to do love God and love our neighbor. That's With, way, by more the way, simple. the law. That's Romans a, 13,
1: love simple. is the fulfillment of the
0: law. By the way, Al. Once I understood that, it didn't begin for sure. I was a lawbreaker from way back. You say, once you came to Jesus, uh, an amazing thing happened. Once I understood that all my sins had been removed, all of my lawbreaking sins had been removed, a strange thing happened. And I want everyone to understand this. Once you understand that you've been forgiven of all your past sins and none of your future sins because of the mediating work of Jesus at the right hand of the Father are not counted against you, Jesus himself said, how many times do you forgive people? You say, how much? And Peter said, what about seven? He said, 70 times seven. That's the one who is removing our sins. Once a person understands that, Al, the sins of a man begin to dry up one right. after But here's what we do. Look,
1: here's what we do on that point that somebody in, in a religious church will say, okay, you got 70 times seven. That's your number. When in actuality, his point was it's infinity. That's, That's right. right. He, God, he doesn't just decide it. He is love. He is forgiveness. He, he it, it's, it's into oblivion. There is no number, but I'm saying as human beings, we want to know, Exactly. How many times? Well, remember the context do I have. of what you're
2: saying because Peter said, How many times do I forgive? Up to seven times. So yeah.
0: Peter was putting a number. That's why when Judge Kavanaugh was on the hot seat and they were looking back in the, his high school yearbook, his <laughs> annual, and they were trying to see a little phrase where he wrote, Looks like they were getting drunk. I mean, they were sifting through his life all the way back to high school trying to figure out one place that Kavanaugh had stumbled in his past life. Now just think about a bunch of human beings looking for one mistake and if we find a mistake, we're not and gonna, you, will. And you will. And you will we're not going to entertain the <laughs> thought of forgiving you. We're saying you are out and cannot serve as a, as a Supreme Court justice because you made a mistake. We found it right here. You were sixteen years old and you were getting drunk and messing with the chicks. So you we got to bring you down. Al well, think that's about a, it, that's Phil. a tough, tough, tough standard. <laughs> there's only two
1: there's two excuses from the world on why or, or you know what they persecute Christians on and they always come up with the same thing. You're all a bunch of hypocrites because you're gonna find because they're like, well, you you sin too.
0: That that's always the number one thing. If you think ever, you're better? That's right. I'm, so, giving, them we're a, sinners, so I'm giving them all sinners. I'm giving them my right. past. I'm giving yeah. them my past up front on the front end. Getting high, getting drunk, getting laid. I've told them all this is the way I was because I want them to understand. It goes with the territory. I know I'm out because of my past behavior based on y'all's litmus test. I can never be anywhere. I can't serve in Congress. Congress. I can't be the president. I can't be anything associated with government because you have to be perfect but in fail. order to make the hey, cut. I haven't. Worry. I've Look, I've, I'm out.
1: I've never been drunk and I've never been high. And the only sex I had was with my wife. You might could be a Supreme Court justice. Dude. But guess what? I'm no better than you. That's what the religious world don't realize. There you go. I'm out. So you could probably find something, and somebody said, well, yeah. And they're going to use that as an excuse for them not to come to Jesus because they're saying, because you have sin. And the other thing they do is, well, how come bad things happen to good people? Jace, I'm glad
0: glad I had turned to Jesus while you were still a very young little boy, and we had time. For me as a father to point you to him yeah and especially right. you al you were a little older, 10 We almost that maybe that's why you turned out to be the product well son.
1: <laughs> yeah i watched mainly <laughs> your past it really wasn't the encouragement after that i just had seen your past and thought that's dumb i'm not yes. doing that well, jace
2: yeah. when they found that that girl <laughs> in middle school that you cold cocked that time that yep. would knock you out. So you, you're, you're not a part of the. You I struck did. a woman. You I, struck
1: I, a woman. Not only did I strike her, I KO'd her. <laughs> but I want to tell this story. Why did you knock the woman out?
0: Look, I'm saying that. Y'all are saying
1: woman. We're in the like fifth grade. Yeah, so, well. First of all, she wasn't a woman. Fourth <laughs> or fifth grade. You Were you in it? <laughs> was He's any out, kind of sexual no Supreme Court for any you.
0: sexual innuendo no. here? Uh, in fourth or fifth grade.
1: I couldn't. Hey, these days going. you never know. No. So what happened? Why'd Here's you hit What happened? She was the best looking girl in school and i liked her and uh, i thought she liked me and you know i wasn't sure but she kind of made fun of me in front of some people and an argument ensued what i didn't know was she was like that was her way of saying i like you but i thought bad idea So I started making fun of her. You didn't
0: understand females at that time.
1: No, I didn't. I was in the fourth grade. Yeah, We're getting younger as the story. So she bum rushes me because I I made a joke in class. The teacher stepped out of the class. I made a joke and the whole class laughed. She gets up out of her chair and just bum rushes me. And she starts swinging at me. And so I just put up my hands because I thought I'm not going to hit a girl. But she started swinging harder and harder, you know, and just as a reflex I just gave a short quick jab <laughs> to the chin and she literally just just the life went out of her and she fell to the floor and I thought oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> I'm in trouble
2: so none of us like the thought of losing our hair I don't know if you sit around and worry about that dad most people you know you kind of got the bandana I wear hats uh, as a way to sort of I got a little ball spot that's coming Do up you? right here. In the, yeah, 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 it's
0: it's been coming I'm, on.
2: i never
1: it. had a problem growing hair. Yeah,
2: and not just, you know, this
1: is hair, hair,
2: not not beards. I got a pretty good yeah. head of
0: hair for, for
2: a 73-year-old. I think
1: most people, this is an issue, though.
2: Oh, it's a big issue. Um, you look out there, you see, you know, trying to figure out what the hair loss is. So apparently uh, the FDA has said that there's a, there's a, DHT, which is sort of a hormone that you have in your body. And so you start to, to lose that. You start to lose the hair that goes along with it. So the FDA has come up with a couple of hair treatments, but they're very expensive. Hmm. So we've got some friends called Keeps because, you know, we like to keep our hair. Uh, and so they've come up with a generic version of these two approved hair products. So they're 90% effective. Uh, and they're going to save you a lot of money, which is very important. So the Robertsons and Unashamed are all about keeping your hair. We've been blessed for the most part. I'm probably losing more than anybody at this point. Uh, so we want you to uh, check this out. Go to Keeps, com slash fill. Uh, you're going to get an online doctor consult with your first month of hair treatment free. Yeah. So if it's starting to go, now if you're already bald, you know, uh, it's probably not going to work. So it's just in that early stages
1: of you're losing it, but you want to keep it and you want to hang on the to it. The benefits of it is it's great camouflage when you're hunting. True. The more hair you have, the more camouflage. And, I mean, you look at somebody like Phil, nobody's going to ever try to mug him.
0: Saying, yeah, just based let's, on the hair alone. Let's, let's go with somebody else. They
1: look at your hair and say, <laughs> no, okay, next.
2: So it's, a, it's protecting oh, uh, it's, and camouflage.
1: And a deterrent.
2: There you go. Keeps dot com, K E E P S dot com, slash Phil. Because remember, we want to have a lot of hair, camouflage. We want to be scary so people won't try to kidnap us. Keeps.com slash Phil. Check it out. <laughs> I'm in trouble.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and so I get sent to because then the teacher walked in. There's a girl in on the floor and they're like, he just hit her. Well, forget the forty punches I took. (laughs) See, context matters. I walked in back then, this would make people feel warm and fuzzy. (laughs) I walked into the principal's office and he said, I said, the girl ran to me, and when I said I punched her, he said, lean over that table. And I didn't even know they were in the capital punishment in this is a public (laughs) school. He pulls out a board this long and just Wham. Wham right in front of the whole class? Wham. No, in his, oh, office. his office. Did it hurt That's your
0: self esteem as you got older in life?
1: No. So I thought, okay, don't hit a girl. Even in defense girl. of yourself. Right. No, here's the here's the funny part. So and then they sent a note, you know, back home and he said, If you don't give this note to your parents, I'm gonna whip you again. So I gave it to y'all. Y'all whooped me. So you've even forgotten this. Yeah, I got, got whipped it. again. Yeah. <laughs> And so then I went back to school the next day, and then the girl we make up, and I wound up. She became she my girlfriend. girlfriend. Yeah, she was my girlfriend for the rest of the year. There you go. So now, the punch, the punch paid off. It actually did, because <laughs> yeah. she
0: felt bad, because she started the the altercation, you know. And so, but for the Democratic Party, that one lick. That would have cost you a seat on oh, the Supreme it. Court. But you know what? Yeah.
1: I learned my lesson. You do not hit a girl in the fourth grade. Look, we don't have enough of that going on that's in right. our society. We need people in the fourth grade who defend themselves and hit a girl to get their butt whooped yep. twice. Yep. <laughs> you know, because then I learned. The Democratic no party, happens, The Democratic
0: Party would be against you taking a a licking because you knocked the girl out. They wouldn't yeah. go down that road. That's out. They would just simply tell you, you cannot serve the as point the Supreme is, Court Justice. The, my you point, shouldn't have hit the wall. I shouldn't up, have.
2: My point for bringing up the story is that's the importance of context is to know something. Nowadays, like you said, to nail somebody, you just go pluck something out and then we just destroy them. And that, it doesn't take much. It doesn't
1: take much. I mean, just. But just you also the, forget I was nine years old. Go find you a nine year old and look at them and say, oh, you were that age? <laughs> I was nine. And everybody so, was and has stories. That's
2: yeah. the point. So, but if
0: you didn't have a relationship with God, uh, if you didn't have that, and you didn't walk by faith in the Lord Jesus, what He's done for you, what He's now doing, what He will do, deliver you from death itself. If you didn't have that, why would you want to forgive anybody anyway? Well, you don't, and that's the here's, well. That people don't, and and here's uh, the that's problem. my point. Yeah. If, you
2: ta- if it's based on law, here, here's what we've you-
0: lost our ability as a country, half the country. They can't forgive
2: Al. Huh? No, and that's that was Jesus' point in his day. You remember he kept arguing with the Pharisees because he'd say you don't even know what you're talking about. He's telling these people who are experts in the law. That's what they claim I mean, to be, top of the. But then what happened was, as we're seeing in our society today, you can take the law and twist it into whatever you want to. Oh yeah. And Jesus dealt with it then. That's why grace is more important. And remember the context of what we're talking about. The child, these Hebrews, were at the base of this mm-hmm. mountain. Uh, in, in Exodus, and you know God, in his infinite wisdom he he put on quite the show. The cloud comes down, Moses is gone for forty days. they don't know what's going on and fire and fire and smoke, fire and, smoke mm. and lightnings and here's what he told him. He said, "You don't even touch the mountain, yeah, you put one foot on the mountain, I'll strike you dead, so he created an atmosphere of fear. When he brought forth the law and we find out when we go forward, like as you were your point earlier, Jase, you come forward and you read what the Hebrew writer says about it in Hebrews 12. And he makes that comparison. He says, you have not come to a mountain that can be touched and that is burning with fire and darkness and glue. He, he paints mm-hmm. that whole picture. He said, you haven't come to that mountain. You've come to a different mountain when he's comparing to Jesus. And then he, he says, you've come to Mount Zion. He describes what that's the like. The
0: first one was motivated by fear. Fear. Law yeah. and Jesus, the grace of God is motivated by love. Watch. When the people saw the thunder, Exodus twenty eighteen, and lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain in smoke, they trembled with fear. They stayed at a distance, which makes sense, and said to yeah. Moses, Speak to us yourself and we'll listen, but do not have God speak to us or we will die. We, 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 I didn't want to hear his voice. Like a thunder coming off of that thing. Moses said to the people, don't be afraid. God has come to test you so that the fear of God, this is the giving of the law out, will be with you to keep you from sinning. Right. And that held for about 1,500 years before Jesus finally came and fulfilled the law and saved us by grace, saying it's... I think
1: we've uh, made the point when he said, in, in Galatians, where you started, where he said, now that faith has come, we faith in Jesus. We yeah. are no longer under the supervision of the law. Right. Yep. then it says for all of us who are baptized in <coughs> God for have that, clothed ourselves and, and the Colossians two says the same thing. He oh, canceled yeah. the written code, oh, yeah. nailing it to the cross. Oh, yeah. And it, by the way, it brings up baptism there. It's like everything coming together. You have Christ, you have you surrendering to him and then you now are no longer under the law. But I Googled this and, and we can end here cause this is kind of comical. But what people do in the religious world is they can't help it. They try to do it themselves, number one. So, you know, how many laws have I kept? And if I keep most of them, I'll probably be all right. And then they get to that church building, and not only do they have a law-based system, they <laughs> make laws about what happens in the church building. And, look, I Googled, uh, you know, church laws, bizarre church laws, because I just want to see if I was right. <laughs> I'm going to just give you a few of them. But in Delaware, you can't whisper in church. It's against the law. No whispering. No whispering. And look, this is not like pass law. This is on the books. They could call nine one one. We got a whisper in here, and they take him take him down. <laughs> so look,
0: So if you can't whisper, but you can talk loudly, you can you can speak normal. Or I'm
1: just giving you the laws. In Massachusetts, it is against the law to eat peanuts in church. Any any church building against the law. No peanuts. No, somebody wrote that up. In Mississippi, a private citizen may arrest anyone who dis- disturbs a church service. It's a law. You, if somebody's disturbing, as a private citizen, you can make up. What, what Citizens uh, are Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in Nebraska, it is illegal to sneeze or belch during a church service. In <laughs> New, York, New York City, <laughs> it is illegal to break wind and... If in church, if it is deemed to be done with the intention of causing a disturbance, you can be arrested. Still <laughs> on the book.
2: So your motivation for farting is yeah. called into question.
1: And listen to this. In North Carolina, you may not, it is against the law to have sex on church property, even if it's between a man and his wife. I thought that was just absurd i'm oh.
0: i'm trying to <laughs> all right
1: hang on i got
0: a couple i'm trying well, although to,
1: all uh, my years of pastor i
2: caught a i caught a few in ohio a big trouble here
1: it is against the law to kill a housefly within 100 feet of a church building without a license or permit <laughs> to kill a what a housefly. a fly you can't kill anything, but I just I noticed Housefly was in the grouping, and I
0: picked that one out. Well, just you can stop there, Jason. I
1: have two more, Phil. Look, He's got two in, more. in Texas, it's illegal to go to church in disguise. In West Virginia, no clergyman may tell jokes or humorous stories from the pulpit during church. Uh-oh. So I put in parentheses, that must be a dry humor county. That was a joke. And, Jace, and lastly, in Alabama, it is illegal to wear a fake mustache or beard that causes laughter in any church assembly.
0: We are, we are, have just been relegated out.
1: What was that, Alabama? Alabama. I
0: will simply say this: i and we wonder. We wonder why more people do not follow Jesus. <laughs> That's, right.
1: That's why I brought it <laughs> up. I did it point. for a lesson I was giving on grace. And because, look, you know what disturbed me? The first question I asked in this class, I got up and I said, how many laws are we under as Christians, as disciples of Jesus? And I opened it up to the crowd. I got everything from well over a million down to one. But you know what I didn't get was Zero. <laughs> We're not under law. <laughs> and I read these verses and I thought, I think we've missed something here.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> we've missed
1: yep. something. So, the law had a purpose and we missed it. So
2: human nature uh tends to want to go back. And that's what we're studying in Exodus. And really the context before we ever got to Mount Sinai is remember the people wanting to go back under slavery. We're hungry, you know, we don't know what we're doing. It's that same thing as we bring forward. People seem to be more comfortable with law rather yeah. than not with law. Well, I'll I, just I,
0: look I, at the United States government and look at the political parties and look at the extent that they will go rule upon rule upon rule upon regulation upon well, we rule. We need the and, rules,
1: but it, within the context of the overall big picture is that ga- God's <laughs> grace wins out. That's a way, once you understand what he did through Jesus, that's a way better motivation to do us right. No doubt. And you'll have, you have the laws there as guidance. That's why I brought up the analogy with your kids. You never put the law above the person. You never do that. That's right. You realize it was intended for the betterment of that person. We just take that law and enforce it. No matter, because there's no Jesus. I
0: love the law of faith in Romans 3 The Apostle Paul brought up. Law of faith, you say, uh, it's a code of regulations, but it's not dependent upon keeping every last one of them. Right. It's it's understanding that you are putting your faith in the grace of God.
2: It's faith, and that's what we've, yeah. we've sort of lost in our current culture, is the idea we have laws for governance, but there's something called common sense is the way we would describe it which means you have to understand people have to come yeah. above. So uh, good lessons to learn from, uh, from the Old Testament. We're kind of going for it. As Jay says. it's a great picture because we're trying to make everything relevant, but at the same time show you the historical nature of the Bible and what it does for us. So great stuff. Next time we'll sort of advance the story uh, as the Israelites go forward. There's so much to learn but only in how it's relevant to us, which is the most. This
1: important is just thing. a thumbnail of what actually happened. Oh back man, there. just a little, just a little bit.
0: I will tell you, I love walking by faith. Yeah, me I too. I love it. Me I too. do love it. I just love it.
2: It's nice not to sit around and wor- and worry every day Telling about you. in or out. Yeah. Versus whether I'm keeping the law flawless or not. So that's kind of the whole point. So we're glad you uh, tuned in today on Unashamed. Um, we'll uh, we'll see you next time. We are so glad you're watching and listening to the unashamed podcast. Be sure to like us on Facebook, subscribe on YouTube and iTunes. That's going to keep you up to date with all the new episodes. And it's also going to let other people find out about our podcast. So keep spreading the word and watching and listening to unashamed with Phil Robertson.